Hi, I've been asked to share a little bit about what I've learnt from reading Psalm 27. And being familiar with this psalm already, I had an idea about the direction this would go. But actually, when I reread it again to do this, the first thing that came into my mind was a book I read a few years ago called A Tale of Three Kings by Jean Edwards, which is this really thought-provoking fable written for Christians that examines the hearts of the biblical characters David, Saul and Absalom at certain parts of their story. And of course, David is the author of Psalm 27, and many biblical scholars believe he wrote it during an extremely painful season for him, before he was anointed as king, where he was literally on the run for his life from King Saul and his army, who were heavily persecuting him. And in A Tale of Three Kings, it really profoundly examines David's heart and choices during this period of his life. And it asks the question, what do you do when someone throws a spear at you? And David during this time is having to face literal spears, as well as the spears of false accusations, fear, physical hardship and emotional pain, which must have been completely awful. And during all this, he must have been wrestling with himself and God and asking this very question. What do you do when someone, especially the king, decides to use you for target practice? And it's such an important question for David because what he decides to do will have a massive impact, not just on the course of his life, but much more importantly, will profoundly shape the condition of his own heart and character. So what does David do here? Well, even when he must have been tempted to fight back and was being encouraged to do so, he refuses to retaliate in any way, even when he has the opportunity to kill Saul handed to him on a plate. And so rereading Psalm 27 through this particular lens really presents a clear picture for me of what David does do and how he positions himself before God. Because really Psalm 27 is a picture of David entering into the presence of God and choosing to place this entire situation and his life directly in the hands of the Lord and to trust him with the outcome. So he starts the psalm with the declaration of God, of who God is to him. The Lord is my light and my salvation, who shall I fear? He lays out the reality of his suffering before God. Though an army besiege me, though war break out against me, though my father and mother forsake me, false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. But while waiting in God's presence, his heart and his thoughts are transformed and these hard situations lose their power to control him and his reactions. He chooses to seek the face of God and his ways and not his own wisdom, saying, Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. So this situation drives him towards God as he leaves things in God's hands. He doesn't take things into his own hands. Instead, he trusts and waits upon God to move. He doesn't run ahead of God and ends the psalm declaring, I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And so why is it so important that David doesn't act in the same spirit as King Saul? A Tale of Three, of Three Kings explores this and David says, Better he kill me than I learn his ways. 
Better he kill me than I become as he is. I shall not practice the ways that cause kings to go mad. I will not throw spears, nor will I allow hatred to grow in my heart. I will not avenge, I will not destroy the Lord's anointed, not now, not ever. And so by understanding this truth, he defeats the plan the enemy has to destroy him. But also by embracing suffering without retaliation, he stays in God's will for his life. And God's plan to anoint him as king was fulfilled. As Jean Edward says, King Saul sought to destroy David, but his only success was that he became the instrument of God to put to death the Saul who roamed about in the caverns of David's own soul. Yes, David was virtually destroyed in the process, but this had to be. Otherwise, the soul in him would have survived. So while this is a really challenging statement, ultimately it shows this period in David's life was about him gaining spiritual authority and promotion. God was looking for someone he could trust with his authority. And to be totally honest, if I'd been in David's position, I'm not sure I'd have reacted in the same way. I'd have found it incredibly difficult. So reading this psalm again has really helped me understand why God calls David a man after his own heart. Because when God refers to the heart, he doesn't mean how a person feels in their emotions, but how they choose to act despite how they're feeling. And how David acts here in this context shows that there's something truly different about him. So I've been left really challenged by this, this powerful picture of submission to God David models for us and the importance of continuing to bring all things to God and under God and to seek his face and not to respond out of our own understanding.